0: Today's episode is sponsored by the American Homebrewers Association. Become a part of the U.S.'s largest community of homebrewers for just $48 a year by going to unitedwedrink.com AHA. What exactly do you get with your AHA membership? How about a year-long subscription to Zymergy Magazine, the world's longest-running homebrew magazine, exclusive deals and discounts at over 2,000 breweries, bars, and bottle shops across America discounts on Brewer's publication books and merchandise, access to a huge library of previous Homebrew Con seminars and talks, and early access to purchasing tickets to each year's Great American Beer Festival and Saver. Sign up now by going to unitedwedrink.com/aha and get a year's membership for just $48 and if you sign up now, you'll get a free gift. What's that gift? I'm not saying. You need to go see for yourself. It's pretty great. Support United We Drink, support homebrewing, and support the American Homebrewers Association at UnitedWeDrink.com AHA. The opinions and statements in this podcast do not represent those of the host's employers, coworkers, family, or imaginary friends. Now enjoy the show.
1: Uh, there aren't enough beer podcasts in the world, welcome to United We
0: Drink. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new mini episode of the United We Drink podcast right here on unitedwedrink.com, as well as where fine podcasts are found. We are once again rejoined by Phil Palmisano, who missed last hey uh, episode. How you doing, Phil?
1: Doing good. Doing good. Happy to come back. You guys did a stellar job without me, as I knew you would.
0: Except for the news.
1: Th- that was a little clunky. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Too many acronyms. Yeah. Uh, it, I, liked, I liked the, I, man, I really wish Phil was here to tell us what this acronym meant.
0: So, yeah, there's ICP but, uh, you a, and You guys did OPP. a
1: fantastic job of holding it down.
0: And as always, Joel Codner's here as well.
1: What's
2: up?
0: So Phil, since you weren't here, and we discussed some kind of things that people who might be looking at getting into the industry what they can expect, since you didn't get to voice your opinion there, is there anything that you want to add into that discussion?
1: Yeah, you guys touched on a lot of the general topics and the topics definitely on the production side. On the sales side, I think it's. It's a little bit different from when we all got into this inceptionally, You know, be it 10 years ago, nine years ago, eight years ago. It's more it, expected it to be a sales job because that's really what it is in this industry at this point in time. When it comes to how to approach things, organization, I thought originally coming in, This is going to be a party. This is running out. This is going to bars. This is having a good time Monday through Friday, hosting tap takeovers. And for the most part, it was in those early years. It was a lot of fun. Nowadays, it is a sales job. You are going out, you're actually selling a product. Luckily, it's a product that we all love. But to get into this industry and just think, this is going to be a party 24-7. You're completely wrong, or at least at this stage in the game. You're not
0: going to be in the industry long if you think that.
1: I'd, I think it's a really short-sighted way of looking at things. It, you'll last and you'll do well. You'll be everybody's buddy. But at the end of the day, if you're not, if you don't comprehend how to actually sell your product and how to differentiate yourself from your competition, and that's at any level. You're definitely not going to move forward in this industry on the sales side or the management side. And and I think when you start looking at some of these things, they become more bucket list-ish, which is a topic that we will be talking about in the future, where you need to set goals on an annual basis and be prepared and plan out. Outside of that, what to expect getting into the industry I would say it's still very competitive. And that's one thing that I don't think you guys touched on too much. I, we all wanted into this industry and we pushed really, really hard. And we did it in different ways, be it volunteering at beer festivals or helping seller work or things of that nature. It still is an extremely competitive market to get into. And you still, it's one of those markets where you almost need experience to get an entry level job, which can be challenging.
0: It's almost Um, oxymoronic to say that. Exactly,
1: exactly. And as I go through interview processes and what I'm seeing and what I hear is there's a lot, this is very similar to the beverage industry. The beverage industry is very similar to the hospitality industry where it can be somewhat of a rotational door. People leave certain jobs, end up in another brewery down the street, leave one wholesaler, go to the supplier side or leave the supplier and go to the wholesaler So it's pretty incestual when you look at that. But when you look at raw talent and this new wave of representative or manager that's coming in is coming in with more of a business background. So make sure that you're prepared for that. When it comes to an easy way to get your foot in the door, it's still volunteer, in my opinion. It's not volunteering on a canning line or production line or anything of that nature. But it is, hey, I know there's a beer festival coming up. You might be short-staffed at some point in time. Here's my information. Please give me a call if you ever need somebody. I'll come out, just throw me a t-shirt and I'll pour beer for you. And as long as you're educated, you're polite, you're nice, it's going to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack just simply because you're willing to go the extra mile.
0: Yeah. One thing you hit the nail on the head about is kind of how the, the sales rep position has morphed from being a, hey, we we sell beer. You want to buy some? to buy back to being what a real sales job is all about. Like you...
1: Yeah, for sure. You need to understand
0: numbers and be a salesperson.
1: Well, you hope that you can at least explain. If I was to come in and talk to Joel, hey, you got open guest lines. How much money can I put in your pocket as a business owner? Because if you're not doing it, I guarantee you somebody else in the industry is doing it. I, I know for a fact other people in the industry are doing it where in the past it was very much so like, hey, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to talk to these accounts about what I have, what's new, what's exciting, what people are talking about, and hopefully I have the inventory to meet their orders. Well, now, because there's such a large variety and so many options, very few breweries are having issues just being able to sell their beer. Uh, Typically you have too much inventory and you're going out and you need to drive certain things, be it at a brew pub setting where you're trying to drive beer out through the actual front of the house so that you can get another beer on tap from behind the house or on the sale side where you literally need to get one seasonal out because people are only going to buy pumpkin beers
0: for so long. Right. Joel, are you buying what Phil's selling?
2: (laughs) No, I am. And, uh, I definitely agree with what he said about, you know, volunteer at a beer fest, but not when it comes to the physically demanding stuff in a production facility. I mean, it, you know, we've talked about that
0: p- in past episodes.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and it, it definitely uh, always could use some reiteration. And, you know, I, you know, Phil Phil's expertise is definitely on the sales side. Obviously, mine's not. I'm in a non-distributing brew pub, so I don't have to uh, worry about it from that angle too much, but it's... It's interesting how it evolves as the industry grows as fast as it does. You know, we've talked so many times about how many breweries we have, how many are in the pipeline, and uh, they, they just keep coming and coming. And I, I want to reiterate, you know, that the things I said on that episode, I, I don't want to turn anyone off from the industry. I still love it. I still think it's the best. I'd much rather be doing what I do now than, than sitting in a cubicle but um, I, I just like to give people realistic expectations. And I know people have been very put off sometimes when I interview them for seller work or, or any of these other positions because, you know, I'll tell them, like, it's a hot warehouse or, you know, you're going to be on your feet all day. You know, it's, I try to give realistic expectations and I let them know that, that I'm not like, I'm not trying to tell you you don't want this job. I'm just trying to let you know how it really is because, like we've said, a lot of people only know what they see on Instagram or Facebook and all the bro handshakes and collab photos and all the glorious, you know, glamorous travel stuff, but it's real fucking work, man. And, uh, I don't, I don't think everybody is really up for it. You know, we've, I, have hired some people at different breweries that I really thought would rise to the occasion. And man, I mean, a bunch of fucking lazy scumbags, but, <laughs> but, uh, then there's a lot of you know great people who really surprise you. I mean, our good friend Darren at our last brewery, he was like the loss prevention guy at Best Buy with no brewery experience whatsoever. And I wish I had ten of him. I wish I could clone him. I mean, talk about awesome worker.
1: I completely agree with Joel. It, by no means am I trying to deter people from this industry as well, because I I love it. I I think it's great. We've all talked about it. And I mean, shit, we do this podcast because we like this industry so much. And, and there are things that you can do if you want to get into the production side that you can volunteer that are safer within the warehouse um, and around the brewery.
0: Do you have anything else you want to add into uh, this discussion? No, I thought
1: it was a great topic.
0: Awesome. All right. Let's move on to some Q&A. Feel free to submit your own questions for us to answer on the show. Go over to the contact form on our website, unitedwedrink.com slash contact, and send us a question. uh, And we may read it on a future episode. You can also uh, message the show on any of our social media or reach out to any of us personally. And, uh, yeah. So first question comes from friend of the show, Cindy Palmisano. Sounds familiar. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) what is your favorite winter seasonal release is there anything that you're looking forward to phil why don't you start first
1: oh gee thanks uh i feel like she's trying to christmas shop for me i personally am looking forward i i look forward to two things every winter Uh, unfortunately one of them ends this year which is the brewery 12 beers of christmas i love the hunt for that uh series i guess holiday season uh release and then also Wake and Bake from Terrapin Brewing.
2: Nice. Sierra Nevada Celebration, man. I was uh, I was going crazy about it a couple weeks ago on that one. Oh, Mike's got one. Yeah. Um, holding his bottle up to the camera. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how, how can you go wrong with that? It's a great beer.
0: Uh, I, too, look forward to Celebration every year. I also look forward to Old Fezziwig and Holiday Porter from Sam Adams that are always in the— uh, the variety pack. Um, Isn't Fezziwig uh, going solo this year? Uh, you, I believe, sent a link about that a couple weeks ago. And I haven't seen anything else about it since then. I, if it is, that's awesome. I know there's so many people that have been clamoring for that for a long time. But my, like the Sam Adams variety packs are usually pretty solid. But the winter one every year... It, it has usually the least amount of change in it because you always have Boston Lager. You always have Winter Lager. You always have Old Fezziwig, Holiday Porter, and the Chocolate Bock. The Chocolate Bock's very good, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that kind of leaves room for one extra beer uh, each year. But, yeah, Old Fezziwig, Holiday Porter, Celebration. Those are the ones I always look forward to.
2: You think we're going to see seasonal
1: seltzers? I hope not. I, I mean, there's already a cranberry. What is that, bon Viv. So I, that's pretty seasonal, I guess. If you want to go
0: there, I could see that working for that because cranberry's tart. But like, you get a into Santa some of the Clause spices. Line. <sighs> <sighs> Next and last question comes from <laughs> a friend of the show Jeremy Danner. He asks, "When are you going to have Danner on the show?" By the way, Jeremy Danner, former uh, Sexiest Man in Craft Beer, according to the previous incarnation of this podcast.
2: Uh, I Listen, I would love to have guests on the show. We just got to figure out a logistical way of making it happen. I think Danner would be great. Unless he's referring to his wife or his kid. I, I don't know. He just said Danner. I would it rather could be
1: the
0: small roommate. Or, yes. We, yeah, I say we as just soon could. as
1: we can get a guest on. As soon as we how we can figure, figure
0: out how guests work on this show.
1: Let's book it. Right now, he's our first guest on United We Drink. Ooh, Sean Nordquist walk, is going to be road.
0: mad. <laughs> Sean didn't ask. Yes, so, he did.
1: You know, well, he didn't ask in a question.
0: Not. He sent us an email about it a long time ago. It uh, didn't
1: get read on the podcast. It doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: all right so that's it for our q a very light this week lighthearted, if you will as well so go ahead and send in your questions we're always accepting them and we'll read it on a future episode no matter how crazy as you see there we are going to get into recommendation time for everyone to give out a recommendation on something that they uh think that you should be watching reading listening to or paying attention to i'll start things off here I highly recommend Letter Kenny on Hulu. Uh, I've seen so many people on Twitter talk about this show for a long time. Finally decided to pull the trigger on it. Watch seven seasons worth of it. There's only six episodes per season. It is one of the funniest, well-written things. Like, It's a little difficult because Canadian accents, Canadian slang, Canadian jargon, but you pick up pretty quick. Awesome show.
1: I recommend the movie Claws on Netflix um, if you have tiny roommates of your own. It's a uh, great brand new Christmas cartoon talking about a little bit of a different twist on the story of Christmas. Overall, I have to say it's probably in my top five Christmas movies, which does not include Die Hard. That is not a Christmas movie. Oh, Jesus Christ. stance on that one. Are you serious? Hard stance on that one. Yes, Absolutely. (laughs)
2: Ah, oh, this is supposed to be a mini episode. I'm going to argue for an hour about this.
1: <laughs> I knew it. That's why I said it. What you about Lethal Weapon? You can wait until next
0: week.
2: Lethal Weapon? Nope.
1: nope. Oh Christ! Gremlins isn't either, and I love Gremlins. I'll go top along with five that. Movie for me.
2: <laughs> I'll go along with that. I don't give a shit about Gremlins.
1: I mean, Gizmo was a Christmas gift.
2: Yeah, that's about as Christmas as it gets in that movie. I mean, well, I mean the Gremlins
1: are. Singing and dancing in the Macy's window or whatever department store window that is. Are you Snowing sure you're outside?
0: not arguing for it being a Christmas movie?
1: I'm just counter-arguing everything Joel
0: says
2: right now. Sorry, Joel, Joel,
0: what do you recommend? <laughs>
2: I'm going to recommend uh, viewing Die Hard every Christmas season. <laughs> Perfect. I I even have like the Die Hard coloring book. And I'm not coloring it. I'm going to leave it mint. Mint condition. I've got the Die Hard Funkos. It wasn't until those things came out that I finally bought those goddamn Funko things. And now I have like 20 of them. But come on. Okay. uh, Well, I guess I will recommend uh, if you are a fan of the toys that made us on Netflix – Uh, Really great series that goes behind the scenes and tells some origin stories of action figures like Ninja Turtles, He-Man, a bunch of other stuff. They now just came out with the movies that made us, and I watched, uh, I think it's only a four-episode season, but they have uh, Home Alone and Die Hard. Great behind-the-scenes stuff, great backstory, all the production woes and uh, directors, producers, all sorts of people. Um, commenting and 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 telling how these movies were made, really awesome show. Pretty quick episodes. I definitely recommend that.
0: I just saw that uh, in the queue the other day, and uh, looking forward to watching that.
2: Yeah, the Toy other episodes are, are like awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, fucking the He Man one is especially amazing. It, you know, I I had no idea some of the stuff that went into making those things and the backstories. I I as a kid from that generation, I thought like those cartoons came first. And then the toys. But it was like, no, they made the toys. And they're like, all right, we got to sell these through a cartoon. So really cool stuff. Transformers episode is awesome. They dabble in the GoBots a little bit, which I preferred. All right. I'm that
0: asshole. You are. And that's why we love you. Uh, Or hate you, depending on uh, who's uh, actually talking. Phil, depending on his mood, apparently. Speaking of Phil, it is Phil's turn to make a Spotify playlist. And this is where we have... Each one of us taken every other week the opportunity to create a little playlist on Spotify for uh, some music tunes that we would uh, think that maybe you would like. And Phil, what are you giving us
1: this week? 90s new metal. Yes. 90s new metal. I was inspired this past week. Was, was new metal given... even in the 90s? Uh, 90s
0: 2000s. Uh, I guess 2000s? it is like the cusp yeah. of like the turn of the millennium.
1: Limp Biscuit was end of the 90s, and I That's think that true. they very define true. new metal. So yeah, 90s new metal, I was uh, inspired this past week. A coworker of mine gifted me... Um, a CD he stole out of my car um, when I started working for Cigar City about 10 years ago and gave it to a friend of the show, Blake Panicella. And Blake Panicella has kept that CD and ever since uh, Justin gave it to him. So um, Justin replaced it with a brand new, shiny, still-in-the-wrapper, $3 y'all, from Limp Bizkit. So I'm going to gift all of your ear holes 90s new metal.
0: You're going to gift all of us? fred durst there you go you're so generous keep rolling (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone thanks once again for joining us here on the mini episode of the show make sure that you follow us on our social media channels at united we drink on twitter at united we drink pod on instagram we're on facebook And you can listen to this podcast on any of the major podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Podcasts, Overcast, iHeartRadio, and all those other fine ones. For everyone here, we'll catch you next time where we're talking about bucket lists on the next episode. So uh, see you then. Cheers.
2: Enjoy our
1: Rolling.